Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your child care necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your child care needs. Take Command Podcast here from Odyssey Sports. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. We've had so many great episodes recently. Lorenzo Alexander, John Kahn. If you never listened to those, you're just finding us now. Go back, check them out. They are fantastic. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Obviously, anywhere you're listening right now, you can find us. Uh, so let's get on the defensive side. We kind of touched on some of the things on a big picture scope a little bit earlier mm. because you know, we were asking offense, defense, how, how, why is the, the tenor of practice? shifted but when you look at this defensive side of the ball we came in with this massive question at linebacker and I think we emerge with a giant question on the back end and we've talked about this some but let, let's go a little deeper on St. Juiced at nickel because now we've got a larger sample size yeah do you think that that is even before training camp assuming that you know obviously injuries could change everything but is that settled that their primary look this year is going to be a nickel look with Benjamin St. Juice in that nickel spot with everyone else we expected, you know, Fuller outside, Jackson outside, the two safeties, McCain and, and Curl, Davis, Holcomb in the middle, and then whatever combination up front, um, that that is going to be the personnel grouping there in most often and that they are comfortable with that based off what St. Juice has so, shown so far. I think when they want to be in nickel, I think that's what they're going to do. I think I'd like to see – this is where like a joint practice becomes really advantageous is because you get to see him match up against different skill sets. You know, Jahan is very, very savvy when he's in the slot, and St. Juice has matched up really nicely with him. But I want to see how he handles like a quicker guy or a bigger guy. Like I'd like to see him match up with like a guy like Cole Turner or um, AGG just to see what that looks like. You know, again, just to make sure that he can kind of handle all these different matchups. You know, on this offense, like – they are very specific in terms of the personnel and the body type that's been there. You know, it's Curtis Samuels, it's Jahan, and um, Benjamin St. Juice has done an excellent job. And I think if I'm, I feel very, very good about where the defense is at. Because again, like, I think that's one of the reasons there's been an, evol- a, a, an evolution for them, a development for them. Because like when they made that switch and when that started becoming a consistent thing, the whole defense started playing better. You know, like you could see the offense kind of working through some labors because they had better personnel on the field. And so, Again, I think that's the right uh, solution. Um, and again, I don't think the Buffalo nickel is going to play as big a role for them this year, you know, like playing nickel on first and second down. And if they do do that, I think it's going to be a guy like Forrest, a guy like Cam, and then doing something different with the safeties on the back end. And, you know, you know, I think I was, um, you got me thinking now, I was very hard on Forrest early in camp because he had a couple coverage busts and had some struggles from like a coverage standpoint. Those coverages are still around, but I do think that's a guy who, when you put the pads on, is going to be playing a lot better. You can see his 
urgency. You can see his desire to be physical. And that's a guy who's born to wear shoulder pads. So he's a guy I would expect <laughs> in training camp to be playing a lot better. You know, not, not, not that he's playing bad now, but he's going to flash a little bit more with the shoulder pads on. So again, I think if I'm the coaches looking at that, I say that's a guy who, again, is going to be a nice rotational piece there. Um, you know, and so again, that's good that that depth's developing. But to me, to, to answer your question, the Benjamin St. Juice thing, I think, has been the ca- one of the catalysts for improving the whole defense. One thing that I think is interesting is the lack of base, like the fact that last year we didn't see it a lot. And, you know, it seems through the spring that just base defense outside of very certain situations, you get in like goal line and stuff like that. It's just not a thing that they want to do a whole lot of, um, which on some level eliminates some of this linebackers, you know, issue that we went into the spring thinking was going to be a major thing. And again, because they said it was a major thing coming out of last season, it's not like we put that on them. It's like, we made that up. They're like, yeah, we need to fix linebacker. And then they didn't do anything, but it seems like part of their fix is to just not play three linebacker, uh, sets a whole ton and even when they have faced some bigger personnel um, to go five defensive linemen one linebacker and still keep the same five defensive backs on the field um, whether that be a nickel or a buffalo nickel depending on what the formation is that they're saying how feasible is that to actually match up with a lot of nfl offenses that might have like first of all what kind of offense would demand them playing more base and two is the five the Cinco package, the five defensive lineman solution, a viable one against set offenses? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think um, I think that's who they want to be. So again, like against Tennessee, you want to be in base. You know, they're they got a fullback, they got two tight ends, they got two tight ends and a fullback. Like they're gonna throw some big personnel, and that's one of the reasons why they're successful is because they create unique matchups. <clears throat> you know, because most teams are in three wide receivers a ton. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. Um, I think that's something you got to be ready for. So yesterday, um, in the in the first move of the ball play or team run or whatever it was, they came out. Uh, the Washington Commanders came out in two tight ends, and so they matched in Cinco, and they had two linebackers, Jamin and Cole, and then they rotated Cam into like a cover three look, which is a very very viable front. That's an eight man front. Your edges are solid. I mean, that's essentially what Seattle ran, just with different personnel. You have Mathis to play the nose. You've got Payne, who's able to play like a 4-I-3 technique, and Allen, who's able to play a 4-I-3 technique. And I think those are all good matchups that you feel good about. And I think Fedarian has shown an ability to keep the linebackers covered up, and so those guys have a little bit more um, fluidity to the football. So, again, I think that's what you're going to see is more of like a 34 structure. So 34 is like three big interior guys, two edge guys, and then two linebackers. And they're just going to use kind of defensive line personnel to accommodate all those positions. So I think that's what you're going to see versus heavier fronts. And then against lighter fronts, if they want to run Cinco, you're going to get, you know, Curl playing the linebacker, two different safeties, and then Holcomb. I think that's what you're going to get. So with, with five defensive linemen. So I think that's kind of their solution to the lack of Buffalo nickel. I don't think you need to carry too many linebackers at this point because of the safeties, because of the defensive line. You want to get your best personnel on the field. And I think that allows you to do that um, at a high level. So I'm not that concerned about linebacker depth. Obviously, you need a fifth guy to emerge on some level from one of those uh, undrafted rookie guys that have kind of been circulating with the threes at the moment. But I'm not overly concerned about their ability to match versus big personnel because They've they've shown they can do it, and they've and you feel comfortable with the with the personnel on the field that does that. 
Right. And this is where the athleticism of young and sweat is so huge. And, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about chase a little bit more in, in a few minutes. Um, and you know, what happens if he's out, um, but for, you know, six weeks on pup, but you know, that's a guy that could play three, four end, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously Montez can, he did his rookie year. Uh, they were still in three, four, uh, that last year of, of Gruden and, Montez was out on the edge and you know yep. do you everyone always screamed about him or Kerrigan or whoever having a, a drop into the flat and play coverage and like it's not where you want him you'd rather have him rushing the passer but it's not like he's not athletic enough to do it right. you don't want him on doing it on you don't want to major in it but if you minor in it and you know you're talking about a quote-unquote Cinco package five defensive linemen like if you just look at that as three defensive linemen and, and two edge players um, yep. the way a lot of modern teams do like it's not unheard of and a yep. lot of teams operate that as their their main thing so that athleticism they have is essential which actually let's just go ahead and get into it like what happens if chase young is out for the first six weeks of the season who 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 is best suited to play in those different roles and packages you know casey Tuhill has shown some ability in space james smith williams you know what does he bring as a pass rusher like how do you mix and match those guys and, and who is the favorite coming out of the spring to be the starter opposite of montez sweat I think James Smith Williams seems to be the guy who's going to be ready to go. I, I, you know, and I think he's just got a nice physicality to him and a nice play strength that I think you feel very comfortable with on first and second down. I think Casey's a better pass rusher at this moment. I think he's got a little bit more, um, little more juice, you know, a little bit more creativity, that kind of thing. Uh, but he is a little bit light in the pants, which makes you a little bit concerned on first and second down. Not that he's done a bad job there, but again, I think they, I think just from the film. Just in casual conversations, I think they just feel more comfortable with James Smith-Williams on first and second down. He's a good athlete. He can play inside. He can play outside. Solid football player you feel good about. I think Casey's a better dropper. I think he gives, like I said, a little more pass rush juice. But it's kind of like, you know, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. And for a first and second down player, I think you want the guy that's 280, you know what I mean, who can, you know, strike you and do some stuff there, Um, especially if you're going with like a lighter linebacker structure behind it. So that's what I would think. And I think you feel pretty good about that, quite honestly, because I think when he had to play last year, he did a good job. I think Casey did a fine job last year. I think they've, the crazy thing is they've both gotten better. So now that they, you know, like last year, there were questions about, are they actual depth pieces? I think that's like unequivocally yes at this point. And I think they'd be depth pieces for other, other teams around the NFL, which is a good sign for, for this defense. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Yeah. And then it just becomes how good can they be with those guys in there, right? You know, yeah. your greatness comes from your your best players. Like your ceiling raises because they're out there. And it's going to be on Montez Sweat. It's going to be, I mean, frankly, look, it's on Jamin Davis. He's like, he's a first yeah. round pick. I thought that was such a great point from Kime yeah. on the last podcast. We're talking about the investment in certain areas of the team. And it's like, look, last year, their first round pick was this guy at linebacker. Even if he doesn't wind up being a Mike, if he's a really, really good will linebacker, 
like that's a that's a guy who can make a massive impact. So they're yeah. they're gonna have to find and like look, the other thing too is Landon Collins was one of these guys. Mm-hmm. For all of Landon's ups and downs, the ups were really high. He created yeah. turnovers. And so my, that would be my biggest question if Chase is out, is where do the splash plays come from? Like, mm. can Allen generate more? Can Payne generate more strip sack type of things? Can Montez do, you know, what he's done in some some bursts on the edge, but more consistently, whether it's tip balls that turn into picks, whether it's strip sacks, um, obviously just regular sacks, are, those those are good. We'll take those. Yeah. Um, you know, but William Jackson third, you're getting paid a lot. Like, obviously, can't have you be bad out there, but can you get it? can you create some turnovers? So that would be my biggest question going into fall and training camp and ultimately yeah. the season for this defense is if you don't have chase young, who obviously if he, if you do have him, he's got to do that stuff too. Yeah. But if you don't have chase, where does the playmaking come from? Because it's hard to be great in this league without that. And they need that side of the ball to be great. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think you just look back to last year and you say like as that group started to galvanize, even with Chase and Montez kind of in and out of the lineup, they started playing better, you know, because people just were kind of playing within the context of the defense. You know, Warren Sapp was out of practice the past Mm -hmm. two days. And one of the things he talked about quite a bit was, you know, just playing as a group, you know, and again, like I didn't know this, but they have different rush calls, you know, based on the coverage, based on you know, whether there's linebacker help against the quarterback. And I know that's, that's something I probably should have known more. But again, like understanding the level of nuance and the difference in calls and the expectations and how you fit in the context of that, I think is really important. And I like playing unselfish team football because I think that's what James Smith-Williams and Casey Duhill did. They, you know, they didn't make a ton of splash plays, but they just played good, sound football. And they were good, good teammates. And it helped the group, you know. And I think that that's something to consider here. It's not necessarily splash plays that win you games. It's good football that wins you games. And I think, you know, Sweat has looked great. Payne has looked great. Allen has looked great. But, you know, like have those, have, have they matured as a group enough to kind of accommodate team and splash, you know, because you can't do one, you can't do one only. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be splashed. You can't just right. be team. You got to make plays. And so I think... Well, um, and that's the thing is they feed each other too, right? Like yeah. if James Smith-Williams is solid in his rush on his side and Montez Sweat wins and the quarterback has nowhere to go, then Sweat yeah. can get that strip sack. Right. Whereas last year, there were definitely times earlier in the year where you know Chase or Montez won. Yeah. The other guy was in God knows where land. Yeah. And uh, the quarterback can escape and, and get out and... No, no splash play. And in fact, you give up a big play. So, um, it is, they, they do work together and the solidity is what is going to help keep the floor underneath you. But I do think to be your absolute best, obviously, as a defensive unit, you, you want to get some of those splash plays. Yeah. You want those game changers. You want to make life easy for your offense with a short field or, you know, maybe you even score and yeah. make their life really easy uh, and, and take some of the pressure off them uh, to be as precise down in and down out. So um, I think that that kind of complementary football is the best path forward for this team where Carson can make the big plays, obviously, but it doesn't feel the pressure to, to make them right. all the time. And, and you know, you kind of keep everything settled i want to have jp finley on the pod suit and talk about this because he was talking about it the other day on his show and i kind of disagree with him that he was like if i have a hundred dollars to spend i would just spend it all i would not spend like 20 on five guys i would spend 20 dollars on five different guys mm-hmm. and just go for super solid and i'm like i don't know i watched the rams i watched the bills i watched the Bengals, 
And they have stars. And I feel like stars win in this league. And not that you can have one guy who's a star and that's good enough. You need solid players around them. But I, I do think the ceiling, if you don't have stars, is pretty low. And you'll you'll hang around and lose a lot of one-score games. And so I, I do think that that need for playmakers is there. And if they don't have Chase, you're going to have to have other guys step up. And then when Chase gets back, like that's that's why you take him number two overall. And you he's got to ultimately produce at that level if you want to win. Yeah, and I think you bring up an interesting point there. And I think you know I think the Bills are an interesting case study in this, right? Because they don't have like a ton of like name playmakers, right? They've got John John Allen. Obviously, he's an elite quarterback, probably top five quarterback in the NFL. You know, maybe top three depending on how you're looking at it. And they have. Stefan Diggs, and they have a whole bunch of very solid role players. So I think it's a good dichotomy of like elite play and then solid play, right? If you look at their defense, they've done a really nice job of drafting good defensive players, keeping guys around that they like. They've done a good job of cultivating a solid secondary, right? But there's not like, nobody goes like, oh, like who plays middle linebacker for the Bills, right? It's just, it's Edmonds, right? But it's not like this household name that's yeah. making all these plays. Same thing with uh, the Bengals, quite frankly, right? They've done a good job of drafting good players outside that have developed. They have an excellent quarterback, and their defense is kind of a bunch of no-name guys. No offense, right? And then L.A. is the exception to that rule, where they've kind of gone like, we want these five amazing players, and the rest of the roster is somewhat depleted. And I think that's like an interesting dichotomy. And I, th- I don't think that Washington is too far off of that, right? They've drafted Jahan, who's showing tremendous upside. If they re-sign Terry, excellent. Curtis Samuels, that's three playmakers. None of those guys are, you know, maybe the best receiver in the NFL, but together that aggregate group could be very, very good, right? Defensively, same thing. You look at the defensive line, right? Solid group, high upside. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's how you build a team, and you got to count on some of those guys to develop. And I think that's something that I came out of the conversation with John Kime in the last podcast, just emphatically being like, yes, you have to count on certain guys to develop. Jamin, Forrest, Percy Butler, right? Benjamin St. Juice at the nickel. And you're gambling on that, but you're trusting that you got the right coaches in place to make that happen, right? So as much as you want to think stars, right? You have stars here. They got to develop too, but the, the rest of that skeleton also needs to come to life for you. And, and, and I think that's the big thing. Yeah, he, you know, John Allen just got paid a lot of money, which he deserves, but like if he can develop into an all-pro, like that's a game changer. Yeah. Um, that, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be Aaron Donald, but if you're an all-pro, like you're not that far off. Like you're yeah. at a level that obviously is going to change games and uh, really matter. Yeah.